Ben Jawalski, what's going on? John Woolley, right before this podcast started, I heard something that I've been very, very familiar with for many, many years, and that may or may not be because I lived with functioning Mm -hmm. alcoholics for a really long time. And that was the cracking of what I thought was going to be a beer can. Tell me about it. What is it? 11 days, a full 11 days into sober October, or as other people are calling it, uh, October, which I don't like as much, but sober October. Mm. And so I am uh, having a delicious, very non-sponsored <laughs> athletic brewing company upside dawn. That's what it's called. Does it, does it, I know I asked you this before, but I still don't understand. Is it, does it taste like beer? This does. Yes, exactly. Like beer. So the stuff I was drinking, okay, I think on the air, uh, last time that hop water doesn't taste like beer. It's like, it's like hoppy water okay. and it's good. It's very good. This tastes like beer. Like it actually tastes like beer and it's delicious. Like what kind of beer? Like an IPA? Well, they have an like IPA, a... which isn't what this is. This is a golden and it tastes like that. Okay. That's what so it tastes like. Probably like. And yeah. it's delicious. It's good. It's 45 calories, 10, uh, 10 grams of carbs. Not bad, right? It's interesting. Like, so I had I at a conference that I know I talked about this before when I quit caffeine for a few weeks. Um, the the PhD who was giving the presentation argued that like no one would enjoy coffee if it weren't for the caffeine. And everyone who says that they enjoyed the taste of coffee, it was just an acquired taste that the addiction caused them to enjoy. Right. Like, and it was a very interesting argument because I was like, yeah, you know, like first time I drank coffee, I, it was pretty terrible. And I had to mix like chocolate syrup and milk with it and stuff like that. So I'm wondering, it's, it's very interesting to me. Like, I wonder, like, do people enjoy the taste of beer if it weren't for like the, the, you know, the loosening effects of alcohol, like, you know, definitely having one beer kind of calms me down sometimes. And I, you know, do that maybe once every other week, but I'm wondering like, is beer actually something that tastes good if there's no alcohol in it, you know, or is it something psychological? Well, it's a good, it's a good I question. Um, I will, maybe we'll do a whole episode on that after sober October, because I've been experimenting with some of that. Well, I'm going to talk about my trip to Cincinnati and part of that trip, I was spending time eating out at restaurants and I would order non-alcoholic beers. And by the way, Cincinnati has a ridiculously terrible selection of non-alcoholic beers in their restaurants, if if they had them at all. I don't even know if Colorado has such things. Yeah, well, there's there's like basically blasphemy. one, maybe two options for non-alcoholic beer uh, in these restaurants. Heineken Zero being the big one. Um, gotcha. And, you know, it tasted kind of like Heineken. It, it tasted like uh, someone uh, had had a Heineken once and told someone what it was and that person told someone and that person told someone and that person and that person yeah, that burped. person told someone and that's the recipe they went with like that's what it tasted like um but um that's you know funny. i did i found myself at a bar across from the hotel because i didn't want to stay in my hotel room by myself like drinking a non-alcoholic beer and it wasn't about going to have the taste of that beer as much as it was just the experience to be around people and, and to yeah you know, be drinking and social and whatever, you know? And so I think, I think there's some of that to your point of like, some of this is just like, you know, at night, maybe you want a cold drink or something to help you relax or wind down. And there's the routine that goes into it, but I haven't quite put my thumb on all of that yet. Yeah. You mentioned something that I've been thinking about a ton the last couple of weeks. And it's funny that you mentioned like, rather than sitting in a hotel and drinking this non-alcoholic beer, you like go to a yeah. bar or something like that and still sit alone a lot of times. Thanks for your confidence that, in me. I appreciate it. <laughs> have that beer. But I just finished reading a book called Tribe. And it was actually a book that my um, therapist recommended. It's called Tribe by Sebastian Younger, I think is what it is. Yeah. Um, and it was a fascinating book about like the the need for human connection and how what's crazy is that in times of war, and I know that, you know, I'm not condoning war, everyone, please don't, you know, cancel me. But what's crazy is that in times of war and disaster and like after really horrible events, 
uh, cases of depression and anxiety and, and things of that nature go way, way, way down. Um, and it's because, you know, the, the hypothesis is that in times of like chaos, when people have to band together as like units and, and become more tribe-like, um, it reduces depression, it, you know, decreases anxiety, and it gives you a, like a purpose because you're a part of this tribe and you're really plugged in. Um, and it's so interesting because I've been noticing like recently in my life, like because of the freedoms that I have and because of the uh, like this, like, you know, I'm freshly divorced and like all these like freedoms that I have, it's fantastic. However, it's like super freaking lonely sometimes when it's like, oh, cool, I can do whatever I want all day long. And then you're like, wait, but none of my friends can. And, you know, and I'm like, and I'm alone on working on the internet. And it's just like, it's so fascinating how like just sprinkling in a few of those social things, like for instance, right. like I'm not really going to a CrossFit gym consistently right now. Cause you know, I was in the woods for a month and a half. So like, I don't have that community. And it's just like, I realize that like how, how a lot of times these CrossFit gyms for, for people or sports or, you know, church or whatever, like that's the tribe that people get plugged into. And regardless of whether or not they think it gives them meaning, it really does. Cause like you're a part of that social society. So it's interesting, like when you're traveling, how important it is and how much you feel the pull to like, all right, I'm traveling. Well, I should go hang out around people because it just, there's something that feels I'm really surprised you don't that. text me more often thinking, Oh, I can guarantee John's alone. So let me message him. <laughs> see what's going on in his life. <laughs> Well, I put a poll on uh, social media today on Instagram, you know, or not a poll, uh, uh, you know, hey, where should I live? Because I'm probably moving in. Oh, maybe it's like all right. You're moving to my basement. It's good. Yeah. And someone was like, Ohio. And, you know, I was like, cool, that doesn't fit any of the requirements, but I'll definitely move into John's perfect, basement. Dude. So I got a, I got an extra yeah. room. My kid's off to college. You can, it's painted purple. It's got, you know, lacy sheets on it. It's perfect for you, really. You know, it's short. <laughs> yeah, that is right up my alley. It'd be good. Yeah, it's right girl up, size. Man. It'll be perfect. You'll love it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I wanted to talk about a couple of different things tonight because I just got back off the trip. I spent the whole trip um, uh, really working on some nutrition stuff. So I thought it would be a good time to talk about how do you manage, like kind of manage your fitness and nutrition while you're on the road when you're away from and what was the trip for? Was no, it I went to see my kids. So my, uh, my, my oldest daughter oh, yeah. uh, was going – uh, to Saucon down in um, San Diego. Have you ever heard of Saucon? No. No. I've heard of Comic Con. But you haven't heard of Saucon? No. What's Saucon? these balls. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It had to be done. It had to be done. Oh, my God. No, she went to TwitchCon, oh, actually. I'm going to cut that clip and send it <laughs> to my daughters because that's their joke. Um, <laughs> so they went to TwitchCon. I saw you smiling and I was like, something's yeah, I know, coming it was out. Great, of this. Wasn't it? <laughs> uh TwitchCon, which is in San Diego. It's, kind of, it's like a Comic Con thing, but for streamers, right? right. And uh they were flying, she was flying out of Cincinnati. Well, Meg's going to the University of Cincinnati. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll go down and hang out with Meg for the week, which I did, which was super fun. And I'm like, while I'm there, I'll hit up a bunch of gyms. So I hit five CrossFit gyms while I was in town, five different ones. And stayed in a hotel and had to kind of manage my, you know, fitness routine and my nutrition routine away from home. And so I thought it'd be fun to talk about that a little bit. Nice. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to, to hear it. So, I mean, in, or in terms of like priorities, I know that when you travel, um, it's you pretty much have mm -hmm. to make some sacrifices because the chances of you being able to like cook all of your meals um, it just, it's not necessarily feasible. So what was, what was your attack plan for, for not letting the wheels oh, fall I have off a whole list? I'm, I'm actually prepared tonight. Can you believe that? Shocking. Well, you came prepared with a great joke, so I'm ready. I, know, I was very proud of that. I actually kind of was winging that joke. I wasn't sure you were going to say Sakon. I was just waiting for you to repeat it. If you weren't going to repeat it, I was just going to let it go. And I hate for a joke to die. You know, I hate it. Mm. Uh, anyway. I walked yeah, right did. into it, and I'm sure you have it on in your notes. You're like, make sure to say sock yes. on joke. Make sure. Um, well, look, I think the first thing you have to do, you know, keep in mind, I'm going to use your line. You know, there's a big range of if here, you know, in the in the world of what you can do and what you can afford. So, like, right. 
you know, you keep in mind, like some of this recommendation, not everyone's going to be able to do, you may not have the resources. So this is not a uh, must do this or you will fail list. And I would also freely say, I am not a nutritionist. I'm working with a nutritionist. It's a much different thing. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing you need to do, if you have the resources, get a place that has a kitchen and a fridge. And if you can't get a kitchen, have a microwave and a fridge, but the fridge is almost non-negotiable. Like you, you need a place to actually, like you need food where you're going to be. It will save you from cravings and cheap meals. And, and it'll help you when you go to your meal to make better choices and like so many different things. So I actually got lucky, you know, I'm gonna give a lot of full disclosure here. Like I didn't spend a lot of time researching how much the room would have. And I had all of it, like coffee maker, toaster, refrigerator, stove, dishwasher. Like it was ridiculous. It was like being in a house, you know, dishwasher, it was crazy. Wow. dude. And I didn't do the dishes, but it had all of that. And, and I think that's a big win is having, you know, the capability to, you know, prep your own food if you want to. That's a, it's a, a super big yeah. help. And then I think the next thing you have to do is either, and I did this, uh, bring food with you, that, like your normal stuff, you know? So like I have kind of a normal routine for breakfast that hits my macros. I have kind of normal snacks if it with my macros. And so bring that stuff with you. Or, and you can do both of these, uh, when you get there, you can either make a trip to the local grocery store, almost, you know, Cincinnati has all of them, Kroger, Whole Foods, the whole nine yards. Or, you know, again, if you have the resources, Instacart, DoorDash, and Whole Foods will all deliver, you know, Amazon will deliver, you know, who owns Whole Foods, uh, right to your hotel. And it's a, it's a total game changer when you think about like, how are you going to set your week up for success? I've never even considered that, getting getting a grocery store to deliver to the hotel. Like it's never even crossed my Right to the lobby, dude. It's great. They'll meet you right in the lobby. Fascinating. Yeah, it's the best, you know. Um, I feel like I would have better control. And I know it costs more, obviously, but I feel like I would have much better control buying groceries via an online platform than like roaming the aisles because the aisles get me, man. I see that I see that box of cinnamon toast crunch, and I mean I can't I can't resist Dude, it. I have not set foot in a gro like actually set foot in a grocery store for weeks. As a matter of fact, this uh, athletic huh. brewing company it was funny. I ordered this through um, Instacart and my groceries, and they made me sign for it. And they're like, "We need to scan your ID." I'm like, "For non-alcoholic beer?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "For not non-alcoholic beer?" She's like, "I know." <laughs> But yeah, I got scared your ID. That's so interesting. Just because it says the word brewing, it just probably got. I, I think classified. you know, it's, it technically, it's you know, it says on the label, non-alcoholic brew, less than point, you know, zero point five percent alcohol. So there's probably the fact that it has any in it at all. Time for it. Yeah, but kombucha. I don't time know. Time. I'm gonna try to drink like six cases tonight and see if I catch a buzz. It's gonna be great. <laughs> What, how much, what are the fees associated with that? Cause that really intrigues me because man, if I started ordering groceries from home, one, I'd, I'd actually probably get groceries. Normally I just like go home and then I realize, oh no, I don't have any food. And then I eat frozen right. chicken nuggets. Well, there's a tip, stuff. you know, you tip and then you can either uh, pay a delivery fee or there's like a monthly charge. So you can choose whichever, you know, whichever hmm, you want to for Instacart, uh, Whole Foods is different, Instacart? you know, and uh, DoorDash is obviously different. Um, but it, for me, it's oh. worth it. Like, you know, if you don't want to go wander around the grocery store and you have the resources and, you know, and if you have bad willpower, which I'm in the same camp as you, like I wander around, I'm like, oh man, yep. those gummy bears look good. They're going home with me tonight. You know, it's like, can't do it. Whereas yeah. if I'm, I'm looking online, like I'm actually planning my meals and ordering at the same time. And you can do that. Uh, you know, on these trips, it's kind of the same thing. Like I'm only there for five days. So I'm ordering food for five days and you're being really strategic. So you're kind of planning out your week. So I would argue you can actually save money doing this as opposed to, you know, kind of the delivery fees and tip fees and, and that sort of thing. So that was like my first strategy. Um, and that paid off. Um, the second or the third thing that I recommend is that, you know, you're going to be eating out at restaurants through the week. And the one thing I found this week is almost every restaurant these days has some sort of nutritional info. 
some better than others. So like as an example, most of them now, at least in Ohio, will show you the calorie count. And that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you won't get your macros yeah. necessarily from those, but you can absolutely get a sense of like what your range is and where you want to be. And that'll, sure. that's actually will be more important for another point later. But I think it's good to know what your yeah. calories are. Um, yeah, I mean, calorie in terms of like gaining yeah. and losing weight, right? I mean, we've talked about this in the past. The hierarchy of importance, calories is the number one most yeah. important aspect. So if, if, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you have to make some sacrifices while traveling, but it's good to, if you can at least keep your calorie balance in check. Yeah. If your macros are out of whack, it is what it is. But if your calorie balance is, is in check, then you're going to continue yep. moving in the right direction. And I made some mistakes with this this week. And I'll talk about that, you know, kind of later in this group session, but, um, you know, my macros were out of check because I didn't plan exactly what I should have. So I learned some stuff from this, but I think it's important to, you know, get a sense of the calories. Now, some of them though, will give you the straight up macros and allow you to play with them. So there's this restaurant called, have you ever been to first watch? It's like kind of a breakfast place. I don't know if they're actually, maybe I have, I, think I don't know if they're national or just kind of Midwest, but they're all over. Yeah, Ohio. I want to Google it. And when you go to okay. their nutritional info, Chipotle does this too, by the way, you can punch in what you want, what you're going to have for dinner. And then it will allow you to subtract items and it'll change the macros and the calories. That and is it's cool. great, dude. I have been there. There's one right next to Water Prep HQ. It's no great. Way. So I was able, you know, I ate there for breakfast almost every day. And it would allow me to figure out, you know, kind of exactly which meals had the most protein. I could subtract things to take fats or carbs out if I wanted to. Like, you know, I could add side items to kind of, you know, play around with the macros. It was it was just important to be able to go in with a plan. And I think that's the one of the most important parts about eating at restaurants is, you know, if you go in without a plan, you often will make bad choices, unintentional bad choice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and sometimes it's intentional, but you know, you will, you sometimes you'll yeah. go, Oh, that looks healthy. And I did, you know, the, here's the test. So, you know, I just throw it out as a test for everyone. Go look at the first watch menu. Don't look at the macros. Just look at the names of the items pick the things you think are healthy and then look at the macros and the calories and you'll be shocked. Totally. Like I was totally shocked at some of the things I thought, like, Oh, that looks completely great. And I'd pull it up and you know, it's like, Oh, it's an omelet. It can't be that much. And I hit it and it'd be like 1700 calories and 85 grams of fat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, which maybe will fit into some of you guys macros, but certainly doesn't fit into mine, you know? So, right. You know, I think that's important. Uh, and then for me, the biggest one when eating out was lead, one thing I learned this week, and this is where I made a mistake, is you have to lead with protein in all cases, you know. For sure. um, yeah. And I would. Especially if it's a nice lean protein. I mean, that's. that's yeah. That'll well, help. It's hard. Like, um, you know, you look at these menu items and I'm shocked at how most menu items, or at least I found over the weekend, most menu items actually lead with carbs or fats. And, uh, you know, it's no shock why those are the, you know, fats are the best tasting things and carbs are the easiest to fill in and protein is probably the most yeah. expensive for them to produce. So definitely. So it's, you know, easy to figure that out. So, you know, the, the kind of the quick change I made was, all right, I've got to look at steaks and chicken and then make different choices around my side items to make it work and make sure I'm getting big enough portions on the meat to, to, um, make a difference. And the error I made in my packing and my shopping is I didn't bring my normal protein powder. Mm. And that would have been paid off big, like after workouts and kind of, you know, in between snack meals. Cause I could have made up some of the loss I was getting eating out in lower protein counts by adding some in other areas, you know? Yeah. I mean, the protein powder is definitely the the cheapest way to get protein, both from a financial standpoint and also a caloric standpoint, because it's pretty pure protein, right? So you're not getting a bunch of extra calories from the fat and carbs. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was like, I would order, I'll give you an example. I was next door to this place called uh, Butcher Butcher and Brew, sorry, Butcher and Brewery, something like that. Butcher and Baker, I don't know, Butcher and something, Steakhouse. And normally, you know, like their steaks would come with cheesy potatoes or mac and cheese or something. So I would get an eight ounce filet, which is very lean and, you know, has kind of the right amount of leanness and fat to it. 
a lot of protein. And so the normal side, I substitute broccoli. And then I would yeah. still get carbs somewhere else. Like you're, you're always going to find carbs always. Like it's hard to not find carbs somewhere, you know, whether it's a piece of bread that comes yeah. with it or, you know, even if you get a small side of something, but I was basically made the rule for myself of, all right, I'm going to go meat, some sort of green vegetable, and then let the carbs take care of themselves. And they always did. Always. They did. <laughs> you know, you just find yeah. them everywhere else. You know, it's not, Yeah, it's not hard to do. I'm like you. Um, I mean, like, I like to find, especially, and I'll be completely honest with people, like uh, nutrition for me and my activity level and age often just simply is like, am I eating enough? And normally I'm just like not even eating enough. So I just kind of eat what I want. However, when, when I'm trying to make, I would say, smarter nutrition decisions, especially when I'm on the road, and because I also love it, I always navigate to barbecue restaurants. And it's very easy to over-consume at barbecue restaurants, right? Because you got all kinds of delicious, tempting things like mac and cheese and things like ribs, you know, which... It, most ribs are going to have way more fat than they well, even, even, even the green vegetables are cooked in fat bag. Yeah. Right. Right. But I would say that the, yeah, like overwhelming majority of like food choices, right. Barbecue restaurants, you can tend to do decently well. Um, I don't think a lot of them have very accurate nutritional, you know, content, especially the mom and right. pop stuff. It's not like they're going to be testing it, but like, I'll go with a, with a simple like barbecue platter where I'll get lean brisket, right? So that, you know, you can normally order your brisket lean or fatty, or you get like smoked chicken, smoked turkey. Like those things tend to be extremely lean. And then I'll normally double up on greens on the side. And, you know, sometimes, yes, sometimes the greens are going to be loaded with, you know, all kinds of different, you know, fat, but you don't necessarily have to slurp up all the fat with it, right? You just like, you can still eat greens and, and honestly, like, especially if you're eating protein and fat, you're going to fill up pretty quick. Right. And, and you can go to uh, a barbecue restaurant and stay pretty lean on the carbs and get a lot of protein and a lot of fat. And then obviously, like you said, carbs are easy to find at some point. Well, down here's the, the thing about most restaurants. And this is an, kind of another one of my strategies. Most restaurants, including barbecue places, which I love me some good barbecue. And we'll have a whole episode at some point just dedicated to birmingham uh, alabama's we're barbecue spend quite scene. a bit of time I'm talking stoked. about birmingham's barbecue scene dreamlands baby but that aside most restaurants portion sizes are twice what you need you know so like most of them not all but most like yeah are gonna are serving you portion sizes that are just way too big that's like that's their american restaurants that's what they do you know and so kind of my strategy was uh don't eat until you're full eat half, see how you feel, <laughs> right? Like calm down, take a box with you, like take some home, you know, you don't, don't feel the need to clean your plate because you're at a restaurant. And that's the beauty of having a, you know, a stove or a microwave and a refrigerator back in your hotel room. You can take stuff back with you, you know? Right. You can Cause it's it. like, I don't know about you, but like I go to the, like, you just stick to the barbecue theme. You find food that's awesome. You just want to sit there and eat until you're ready to burst, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, I'm, I'm, I do not have, like, I'll put it this way. I don't throw away food, right? Like it was ingrained in me as a child. It's like, I'm either getting it to go, which is admittedly rare, but to your point, it's like, it's either to go or I'm consuming all of it. I'm definitely not throwing away any food because there's something, obviously lots of scarcity there. Um, But yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good strategy to have, especially like, for instance, like if I know I'm only going to have time to go to like, you know, one restaurant. A lot of times I'll get the the three meat platter with three sides or something like that. And then I know for me, that's, that's, you know, I can break that up into two meals fine. And I've already preemptively made, you know, I've gotten two greens or three greens and three lean meats. It's like, all right, I have good calories. And this is like, this is much right. better than a lot of the other quicker food choices that I can make um, that are really going to be, you know, heavy on the calories. I I think it's, where people run into problems is they go out to these restaurants and they do what you and I are, they go in doing what you and I are describing with good intentions. And then they do eat it all. And I do that too. And then they're like, all right, well, vacation ruined. So let's just go all in the rest of the time. 
And, mm-hmm. and for me, that's the other strategy is like, you have to go into these weeks knowing you're going to make mistakes and you just got to put it behind you. Like you literally just have to go, all right, that's one meal out of the 15 to 20 I'm going to have on this trip, put it behind you, move on, get back on track. Like, and, and, or like kind of the other mindset I had, like I had a lot of really good days. I'm like, I want to go out and have a bad meal. It's a vacation. Like I'm having fun. I'm not going to ruin this time with my daughter and have her watch me sit there and count macros and obsess over some chicken breast and rice. I'm going to have a dinner. Like I want to have a nice dinner with her and, you know, get the appetizer or the dessert or whatever and enjoy it. And I'm not going to gorge myself on it, but yeah. Well, I mean, why do we train? Right. I mean, we work out and it's, 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 a lot of times to be able to enjoy these yeah. kinds of things. But for me, the, the two biggest things I think you can do to, to come off of one of these trips with some success is I think number one, you have to have some sort of accountability in place. Um, someone that you can text message, um, you know, whether it's a nutrition coach or even a friend, like somebody that is going to help you with accountability. You know, so like I was messaging my coach throughout the week of saying, Hey, here's what I had today, you know? And it wasn't even for me, yeah. it wasn't even like looking for advice or like trying to ask if I'd done the right thing. I just wanted somebody to know I was doing it. Like the accountability is going, all right, I'm going to tell somebody at the end of the day, what this day was like, you know what I mean? So I think that's yeah. important. And then I think the second piece is regardless of what happens, come away with something that you learned treat it like training. Like to me, that's a really important thing. Like I went into it going, all right, you know, I have an idea what I want to do, kind of a framework. Here's what I want the week to look like. The week did not look exactly the way I wanted it to look like, but I learned some stuff and I'm coming away from it going, all right, next time, here's one or two things I can do different. The big one is take your damn bag of protein with you. I didn't do that. And Mm -hmm. then I found myself chasing down protein all week. That would have been a really easy fix. Take the Greek yogurt with you that you like, not the stuff you have to go buy at Walgreens. You know, then you find yourself eating stuff you don't like, and that's kind of miserable, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think if you can, you know, come away from these weeks with some sort of, you know, something that you learned, no different than, hey, in in training this week, I want to work on muscle-ups and walk away with something better in muscle-ups, you'll feel better about it and make you feel like you accomplished something, you know, whether, you know, regardless of did the scale change or not, which by the way, it probably won't much either direction in a four to five day period of a trip like this, unless you like, correct. And, and a lot of times the, a lot of times the perceived weight coming back from a trip like this, like, let's say you ate quite a few more carbohydrates or uh, more salty foods than yeah. you're used to. A lot of it's just going to be water weight. Um, and that's where a lot of people get kind of tripped up as they they assume they've gained a lot of fat because right. when we see weight, we see, we think, you know, Oh, weight gain equals fat. A lot of times that weight gain is going to be water weight. Um, and then getting back to your normal salt intake and, you know, your normal, normal, you know, calorie or excuse me, normal carbohydrate intake, it'll balance that water weight. And it's also why a lot of people, when they do like, you know, keto right. stuff, they're like, Oh my God, I lost 12 pounds right. in a week. And it's like, cool. And it was all water yeah. weight, dude. Um, one thing uh, on that note that I uh, want to mention is like, yeah, traveling, you know, especially going on vacation, like, yes, you should allow yourself to have fun and make the decision consciously like, hey, am I not even going to worry about nutrition this entire trip? If so, hey, that's your choice. Or am I going to aim to eat a healthy breakfast every day? And then the rest of the trip is, you know, whatever you want. Like there's, you can, you can design it how you want it, but if you're trying to lose weight and or lean out um, like John, and he's like, hey, I want to really stay on track for my goals here. Um, I think James Clear is the one that made this kind of popularized in this book is like, you're going to make mistakes. Just try not to make two in a row. So if you have a bad meal, if you trip up, don't say, ah, screw it. It's over. You know, I'm done. And then just YOLO the rest <laughs> of the trip. Because you'll actually do a lot more damage, you know, mentally and potentially physically. And if you're just like, ah, you know, yeah, we went out to that restaurant, you know, she really wanted to go get ice cream and have a competition to see who could eat the most. Oh, well. Um, Now, the next time I eat, I'm just going to try to make it a healthy meal. Or you skip a workout and it's like, okay, no biggie. Tomorrow, I'm going to try to get a workout in. And it's just like 
just this idea of like, it's all about streaks. Try to get a win streak going, right? See if you can get two meals in a row. See if you can get three, three days of the workout in a row. Just see if you can get those streaks. And if you're on a bad streak, just end it as soon as possible. And a lot of times just that, like that shift in direction to the positive will really change your psyche and the momentum that you have with training. And do do the kids still say YOLO? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm 32. We're sticking with YOLO. I would say they are. I'm not, I'm not a kid. I have so much more gray hair these days (laughs) from, from just, you know, aging. You know what else sucks about uh, going on these vacations is that uh, most, most, not all, but most hotel rooms have great bathroom lighting. And so you'll think you're doing really like you're in that bathroom. Like, Oh, I look lean. I'm looking good. Snapping yeah. selfies, then you get home you know. and you just look like a hot piece of garbage. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've been feeling good all week. I haven't even looked in my bathroom mirror. I'm scared too. This is why my bathroom mirror is specifically designed to make me look shredded. Well, you're probably still shredded from your, your trip. It's for, it's for dating profiles and for self-esteem. That's it. You know, yeah, I just assumed you still had your 12 pack from your hunting trip. I'm definitely skinny. Um, I'm, I'm feeling you? skinny. I'm just, yeah, all my muscles are very small and there's definitely some atrophy that probably happened, but I'm not, not too worried about it. I'm, I'm slowly, but surely getting back on the horse. I worked out just, I don't know, a few days ago and I was sore for a very long time. Been playing a lot of pickleball, so that's good. Um, and then, yeah, I realized that whole community comment I made earlier, it's, uh, it might be time for me to hop back into a local CrossFit gym and, and try to plug into a community. Go. Well, let me tell you about the Cincinnati CrossFit community because I went to a bunch of them. It was cool. It's a nice community. They have a ton of gyms, dude. So many gyms in the Cincinnati area. It was ridiculous yeah. how many they have. Uh, I only had five days, and I've worked at all five. So I'm going to do these in order, the order in which I went. So this is not a ranking. Let me be clear on that. This is just the order in which I went. And they were all great, so I wouldn't rank them anyway. Um, I went to the oldest one first. Uh, CrossFit Cincinnati, 2007. That's when they started. Dang, that's that is, OG. Oh, I knew they were OG when I walked in. It had that OG look, you know, like things are just kind of held together with duct tape, you know, which I like. I'm not making fun of them. They have again faster yeah, pull-up bars. They absolutely did. The boxes. No, they did. They uh, really maybe. did. <laughs> the boxes had uh, pukey painted on the side, like spray painted, Heck like, yeah. you know, stenciled. Nice. That's how you know it's old school, right? And, you know, there's still gear there probably from 2007. That's, you know, kind of what I meant. And I love that. I love that about them. Um, Very cool gym. Very cool coach. I'd reached out to him and said, hey, I want to drop in. You know, it turns out uh, the coach that was there, I kind of knew her. Didn't realize she worked there, but I do now. And um, anyway, roll in. Let me tell you the workout. Four rounds for time. There's a 20-minute time cap. Four rounds for time. 25 step ups at 24 inches, 20 toes to bar, 15 sumo deadlift high pulls, 95 pounds. Oh my gosh. A sumo deadlift high pull workout? Yeah, well, but I want you to keep in mind it's four rounds, Ben, and it's 80, it, it's 80 toes That's to a bar. Throwback. Yeah, it's, it's 80 toes to bar, right? That's all I saw. They are old school, man. So this was like a master's class. So everyone in the room was in and around my age or close to it, or, you know, over, you know, 35 probably. And so it was me and the owner were kind of working out. We were the only two men in the class and working out side by side. And I was guessing at the time we're kind of about the same age. And uh, they tell us 20 minute time cap. So I'm doing the math. I'm like, all right, shouldn't take 20 minutes, but it's still 80 toes to bar. You have no, I have no idea when those are going to fall apart because it's 80. And uh, so I just go for it. So I'll just tell you my mistake right up front. I'm doing it next to this guy. And he comes out hot. I come out hot. I'm like, I'm not letting go of this bar in the first round. I do 20 unbroken. You know, I just want to see how long I can go. Oh I did my. 20 toes to bar unbroken, knowing that when I got to the sumos, oh let, me, let me tell the full story. So I get to the sumos, I'm going to do singles. And I did singles the whole way. I had the non bouncy <laughs> plates. What is that? Yeah. 95 pounds? Yeah. And sumos are kind of a, they're not a great lift for me on my low back. So I'm like, I want to do singles, but I don't want to stop. And because I know the barbell's not going to bounce, I can do that. I'm in a position to do it. And I've been doing a ton of toes to bar lately. So I felt confident in that movement. So I'm like, I'm going to just see how long I can go until I got a break. So the first round takes me three minutes. 
that's it. Like, and I'm like, all right. So now I'm looking at the clock going, all right, it's a 14 to 15 minute workout max. Even if I have to start breaking these up. So I get into the second round, this dude's still, we're still neck and neck, like right there together. And second round, I do 12 and all of a sudden I'm in singles. I'm like, oh, I'm in for a bad time. Like I feel my whole core, you know, you know how that happens where your whole core is like 12 and you just like feel it crumbling. And he's still going. So at that point he had a lead. And what you keep in mind, I'm looking at this guy going, I, I'm saying this humbly, like usually at my age, I'm the fittest 50 year old in the room. So I'm like, this guy's going to break or fall apart at some point. If I had a narrator right now, he would be saying he indeed did not. He indeed did not fall apart. (laughs) And that is why John Woolley, or that, and that is when John Woolley. Yeah, that's when he realized he did not fall apart and he didn't. He just kept going. Third round, it actually kind of came back a little. I want to say I got into the toaster bar. I did. I want to say I did like 12, three, three, two or something like that. Kind of came back a little. Uh, and then, but and then in round four, he had like a five to seven rep lead. He still had me and I'm just cursing under my breath. Like, damn it. Like break dude. <laughs> just like he didn't say, he didn't say I'm broken on the toast. No, but he was he? doing sets of fives the whole way. Right. And he stayed ahead right. of me the whole way. Smart. And, uh, Smart guy. he ended up beating a mature, mature crossfit. Yeah, so he ended up beating me by like, I want to say 30 or 40 seconds when it was all said and done. So I go over to him afterwards. I'm just like in disbelief because this guy looks older than me. And I'm like, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 47. I'm like, thank God you're five years younger than me. I can justify this now. Justification. Okay. I win. Uh, but really kind of a cool workout. And I did an 80 toaster bar. And I think my time was like 14, 13 or something like that. Well, it's good to see that your your toes of bar work pay yeah. off. If you had to go do it again, what would if you I had to do it be? again, I'd break that first round of twenty, probably like twelve and eight, probably or thirteen and seven. Like I just I would get a break there. I, you know, it was that unbroken? Because in the second round, I had to break early in round three and four. I didn't. I was good for longer rounds. I just I just yeah. I thought I would have enough break in the step ups and the sumos that my core would be okay, and I just didn't have enough time to recover. It's just faster than I anticipated. So. Yeah, personally, that workout, something like that. And granted, I'm very good at like toes of bar. I think one of my favorite movements, I'd probably do 12, eight the whole time, but I still might even be tempted um, with the other movements in there, like kind of fatiguing you. And, you know, it's kind of grippy too with the sumo dev of high pools. Um, I'd be tempted to do something like like an eight, seven, five or something. Well, the like sumos, that. this I agree, the sumo should be grippy if you're doing more than singles, but I literally did singles the whole way except for the final round. And and they were yeah. fast singles, like literally drop it, go, drop it, go. Like there were no breaks, yeah. 15 without stopping, but they're all single. So my grip was okay. Yeah. Um huh. but really nice gym. I like I like an older gym. You know, I like my gym. Like I like my, yeah, something, there's something um, about a nice old gym. I know, right. They're just cool. Like any affiliate over 10 years is just cool. I don't know. It's just, it's all you can say. Uh, second one I went to, there's been so much bloodshed, <laughs> right. vomit. Like it just has a certain level. So of many character. bad things have happened in that gym. You know, it, you know, so many you know, affairs, yes. babies um, have been yeah. made like so many things. Just kidding. <laughs> It, lots of it's changed people's yes. lives. There's much more positives than negatives. It was a very cool gym. I'm giving a high recommend to all five of these gyms. Uh, then I went to Comanche yeah. CrossFit. Um, okay. This place was in an old schoolhouse, like an old elementary school. It looked like it looked Sweet. like something out of a Scooby Doo mystery. I am not kidding you. It was like the gym. Is, so the the gym itself was in like an old auditorium like a but like a middle school auditorium so it's like you know was yeah. had a stage with curtains. yeah i was gonna say like has a little wooden yeah, stage a wooden stage with curtains but it has a basketball hoop you know um <laughs> and they had this thing painted up and it was cool dude it That's was very so cool. cool i you know it was uh where you would like it they the hallway so you once you come out of the auditorium the hallway is like i'm gonna call it 100 yards long and at the end they have an archery target and the dudes dudes oh, in the hallway yeah. and like there's arrows all over the place holes in the walls so they're just in there practicing all the time that is awesome it was very cool um but it was uh so this place was cool it was uh me and two other women and i need to give them a shout out i have their names here somewhere uh but they knew you ben they knew you no 
Yeah, well, right. so uh, let's see. Uh, their screen names, Holland Tolliver and Katie Lacat Lacastro. Lacasto. Okay, um, awesome. Anyway, I get there and the coach introduces me to the um, the only other athletes is there and her eyes get wide. She's like, oh, my God, I listened to Scalen Bell. How was Ben's trip? You know, that's, <laughs> that's, awesome. that's how our, our day started. And it was a cool workout. We did um, seven lifts for load, uh, four minutes in between each lift. It was a thruster, push press, push jerk, split jerk. Ooh, oh, I like it sucks it. so bad. Like, it doesn't sound that bad until you're. And yeah, you, you had to do yeah, that on broken put the barbell like down. Complex. And you're increasing weight Sweet. each time. And love it. Trust me, it like I was nowhere near my one rep max, and I thought I was going to die. What was what was your limiter there? The thruster, the push press, push. I, it's really the thruster, probably, or maybe the push press. Um, is yeah. really kind of the limiter because you. I, I was thinking the push press probably in that specific complex that's probably the where i think it should be hardest. for most people my my wrists were still hurting and i still have this little hand problem to some degree and so the thruster was hard for me because i can't couldn't quite get the barbell where i wanted it but um it was hard and that was actually the entire program workout and so when it was that's all we were supposed to do for the day and when it was over the young women uh that's yeah, old school I, and i love that you know but then they're like, the coach was like, Hey, I'm going to stick around. You guys want to stick around and do more. And I'm, you know, I'm an idiot. So I'm like, sure. I'll do another workout. She's like, I have a reputation. Yeah, I have a long reputation of doing dumb shit. What are we going to do? She's like, well, I want to do a 20 minute EMOM. She's like, I want to do handstand pushups and rowing. What else should we do? I'm like, well, that's a, you know, kind of a press and a pull. So we should probably do goblet squats, which in retrospect, I wish I hadn't said because that turned out to be the worst part of the super yeah, sore. The so we ended up doing uh, six handstand push-ups, strict row for forty seconds, which for me is like fourteen to fifteen cows, and twenty goblet squats with a fifty-pound dumbbell, and one minute of rest. Nice. So you get one minute of rest. Oh, well, I like you, that. you do, but by the, you know the second round, you're like, I think it minutes faster. I think it's moving quicker. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. <laughs> And uh, I didn't like it, but uh, the athletes were great. We had super fun. They were very welcoming and very cool little gym, like different, really different. Awesome. You know, I didn't see any ghosts. I was disappointed in that. Uh, but otherwise, it was great. You were, you were hoping to see ghosts in the old it, children's it place? The, the building was a little creepy. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's an old rundown school, and they've turned it into a gym, which that part's really cool. But the like school it. itself creeped me out a little bit. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> Question: Were the urinals like child height? So were they well, like super small? It's funny small, you say that. Short? I didn't actually go in the bathrooms, but we did go in a classroom, and they had tiny little sinks down at like ankle level. You know what I mean? Like, like down below <laughs> your knees. So it was clearly for you know kids, which I thought was it was really cute Sweet. and different. And uh, what did you do in the no, classroom? We were just touring the place. They they teach level ones there. You know, oh, so nice. CrossFit comes in, teaches L1s and L2s there and uses it for that. So, I mean, it's a cool space. I'm making fun of it for what it is, but, you know, it's nice to see like some of these, uh, you know, old buildings being put to use. And it's particularly cool that they're becoming CrossFits, but it was just like, That's it was cool. very unique and different, uh, way different than any space I've ever been in for a CrossFit gym, which was cool. Nice. Uh, then I went to Queen City CrossFit, which was quite literally less than a hundred yards from a hotel, which was not intentional, but very welcomed. Uh, also very cool yeah. gym, tiny. Um, their classes hold maybe 12 people, maybe. Yeah. They have to run out on the sidewalks like savages in the middle of the day, which is also very hardcore and old school and cool. Uh, yeah. Props to them though. Like one thing I really loved about that gym very well maintained, clean, well run, well programmed. Um, you know, people very welcoming. And you know, it's a downtown gym, so that makes things a little more challenging and different. You know, um, and so I appreciate how hard that is to do, and how apparently how successful they are at it. And one thing I love about like downtown gyms like that, they're really efficient in their use of space. You know, like where they put stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like owning yeah. a tiny home. You have to make sure every every square foot is accounted for yeah so that was an interesting one i was there on a, a saturday saturday morning and i did a partner wad and the coach must have hated me because he put me with a bodyweight ninja and it was mostly a bodyweight workout so it was uh two rounds for time 
50 kettlebell swings, 60 box jump over, 70 synchro lunges. So this uh, dude they put me with who I really liked, and I can't remember his name, really nice dude. Uh, I probably outweigh him by 30, 40 pounds, right? And he looked he looked like a bodyweight guy. It's one of those. You know, like you can just look at him and go, oh, man, if this guy's as good as box jumps as I think he's going to be, I'm just screwed. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Like <laughs> we get into the kettlebell swing. He's like a little jumping. Yeah, we get into the kettlebell swings and like I can move that weight pretty fast. So it wasn't a big deal. He did his first 10 box jumps in like 20 seconds and I knew I was in for a bad time. And then we get, we get to the, and so I'm going hard to keep up with him. We get to the synchro lunges and he gives me one of these. You can't even make this up. He doesn't even look at me. He just turns his head and starts doing lunges. So I can't break. And so we did 70 unbroken because I can't get him to stop. And then we do round two. And we do 70 unbroken again until I feel like I've just been, you know, somebody shoved their fist up my butt. Like it was terrible. Um, but oh. we finished in like 11. Do you know what that feels yeah, like, John? I do now. <laughs> I do now. It hurt, <laughs> dude. It really hurt. But, you know, Sounds we finished terrible. in a little under, a little over 11 minutes. I think we were the first to finish. And, you know, it felt pretty good. But it was terrible. It, I mean, here, here's the good, the thing I love about partner wads and what I liked about that one. And actually why I appreciated that the coach put me with this kind of body weight guy is that you can always do more than you think you can, particularly when it comes to body weight stuff. Um, and in a partner wide, you will push much harder than you would on your own. There's zero chance I would have done 70 uh, lunges. You know, there's body weight lunges, but I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have done 70 unbroken. Not even, not a chance. Hey, look, here's my coach yeah. from Comanche CrossFit. Katie's on. Hi, Katie. Hey, Katie joined. Speak Speaking of that, the devil. We were just talking about you. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have done them on my own. But, you know, you have a partner and they're not going to break, so you just go for it, you know. And that's – I think that's one of the beautiful parts about CrossFit and particularly partner workouts is it just – it makes you do more than you would normally do. It makes you work harder, you know. Yeah. That social pressure um, to perform and live up to the standards that your partner is yep. setting. It's, it's, it's a very yep. real thing. Uh, on the fourth day, I went to CrossFit Soto or maybe called Soto Community Fitness. I w- didn't quite figure out which one they go by. It said CrossFit Soto on the wall in the gym, but their name on Instagram, Soto Community Fitness. So I guess it could be either. Uh, I worked out with a bunch of kids, just a bunch of children. It was great. This was the uh, University of Cincinnati Functional Fitness Group, ah, which uh, nice. you know is where my daughter goes to school, and Meg knows at least one of their members. And uh, they were nice enough to invite me to join them. And I was the oldest one in the room by 30 years, <laughs> easily. <laughs> and it was super fun. So first, let me tell you about the gym before you tell you about the workout. Dude, this was the most organized, clean gym I've ever seen. Ever with college Ever. kids? Well, they don't own the gym, Ben. They're just training there. Like whoever owns this thing and runs it, like I'm telling you, dude, the most beautiful rack for the wall balls and a rack for the dumbbells and for the kettlebells and and it was all like it was it all like yeah, custom everything stuff perfectly too, put away. The perfect amount of equipment to fill the rack. The room perfectly. was huge. Tons of gear everything's clean. The floors were, you could eat off the floors. Like this place was beautiful. Like really. Dude, I can't even eat off plates in my house. This was a gorgeous, well-run, very clean gym. Like I love that. Like love it. They also had a chalk bucket that (laughs) that was the Kool-Aid guy. You know know what I'm talking about? Like the guy runs through the wall. This huge, like I should should have put a picture on the screen. Just a big Kool-Aid man, big chalk bucket. It was amazing. Nice. Very cool. Nice. Uh, and then they programmed a killer workout. So it was a 24-minute AMRAP, 50 wall balls, 40 dumbbell clean and jerks, 30 kettlebell swings, 20 reverse bodyweight lunges, 10 push-ups. Those last two movements are your only break because the 50 wall balls were dev- and the yeah. dumbbell clean and jerks. And I also I kind of chose the wrong weight. I was doing 50 pounds. And they were single arm. But still, yeah. like it's a lot of work on the top end on the most amount of reps. What were you breaking your wall ball sets into? Uh, tens. Yeah, for the okay. most part. I mean, I think I had a couple moments where I I dropped to fives. Like in my, I got through three rounds of wall ball. So I think maybe in that third round, I might have had 
a couple of quick fives, but for the most part, I was doing sets of tens. Yeah. Um, okay. For me, that wasn't the limiting factor. I chose a 50 pound uh, dumbbell for the clean and jerks, which in retrospect was a little heavy. I probably should have maybe dropped it down to 40 or 35 or 45 even. Yeah. So I could have, I could have moved them quicker. I was doing sets of five on one. So that's five on the other drop for a little bit, you know, so I paced it well, like it was fine. It was just a lot of work, you know? Um, and you know, it's fun. Like <laughs> here's the problem with working out with kids. Like, so you get done and this is the nicest group of young people. Like I have so much, uh, faith in the future of the sport because every time I meet, you know, younger people that are doing it, they're just like nice and clean cut and, and, you know, polite and just good people, you know? But then when we're done, they're like, Hey, what now? What are we doing? Like, what's next? You know? And I'm like, um, I'm going to go nap for like four hours and try not to die. You guys do realize we just did a 24 minute straight. I'm going to try to not die. Can I just like not die now? You know? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and then, uh, Brianne, who's the coach for the moment and she's, uh, goes to the school there was like literally like walking around cleaning every little step we had made to make sure the place was spotless when she left, you know? It was really kind of good. Or else she, or else she gets in trouble by Maybe, whoever the owner is running a they tight do ship. run a tight ship, dude. I'm telling you, like if you if you like a good clean gym, Soto's place to be, man. That place is spotless. Huh. Like really, and it's cool. not like the others were bad. It's just like this one was like hyper right, right, right. There's a there's yeah, and organized and like you know, it was very cool. I loved it. Um and then last, my last workout, which would have been yesterday, I went to CrossFit Illuminate, which is owned by Zach Watts. Do you know Zach, games athlete? Definitely sounds familiar. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I went to the games, before. I want to say two years ago. Um, yep. Very cool dude. I ran into him. Uh, there was a competition downtown and I stopped by and I ran into him there and he invited me to come out to his gym and it's outside of Cincinnati. So it's about 25 minutes outside of downtown. So it's a little bit of a hall out in Loveland. Uh, but totally worth it. Brand new gym. Like they are really brand new. And uh, this one, so it was also very clean, but you know, new. Not something you don't see too much is like new affiliates anymore. Yeah. You know, I feel like I haven't seen a new CrossFit gym. Yeah. Before. It's fun to see though. Cause they're like, they're still hanging flags and stuff. Like they were, when I walk in, they had them yeah. all laid out. They're starting to hang stuff up. They, you could tell they just like painted, cool. like it was really cool. Um, and this one was run like every gym I've ever been a member of, like it's run by like a games athlete. And of all the places I yep. went, this is the one I got actually coached, like fixing some of my mistakes. No offense to the others. Like the others weren't really designed. Like I was dropping in to like partner workouts and stuff where you wouldn't normally get kind of one-on-one coaching. Sure. This one, like Zach's coming over. I was like, Hey, you're clean. Not so good. Well, let's, <laughs> let's work on a couple of things, you know? And he was right. Yeah. Um, but it was also programmed like a games athlete. So we did uh, seven by three squat cleans. Um, you could do them in singles. You could do them unbroken, but, you know, full squat cleans, increasing weight. And so that was fun because I've not done cleans in a while because of my hand. And uh, I got through them just fine. And then we did a 15-minute AMRAP. You'd like this one. This would be right up your alley. 21 deadlifts, 15 hang cleans, nine push jerks, 200-meter run. Sound familiar, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, DT. Uh, I mean, I guess that's like a DT. Yeah, RX was 135. I did it at 115. Um, I wasn't mm-hmm. going to attempt that foolishness at 135, mostly because I didn't want to do, you know, like the limiting factor on that workout are the push jerks, and particularly after that mm-hmm. volume. How many push jerks was it nine? And you want to do them unbroken. Right. You know, it's like, so I was. Yeah. I didn't want to do nine push jerks, which I can do nine unbroken at 135, but by round three, you're kind of hating your life. And if you're going to get four rounds, you're definitely yeah. going to hate your life. And I felt like I could get four rounds in 15 minutes. So I, yeah. uh, I did not. What was interesting about this one though, is like, again, it's like kind of a weird little parking lot. And so the run was sketchy because the parking lot's like, you know, kind of wavy and potholes or whatever, which isn't their fault. It's just the nature of the parking lot. And he's like, all right, run down to the Marcos pizza and back. That's 200 meters. I'm like, bro, if I'm running down to Marcos pizza, I'm not coming back. Like you cannot <laughs> send me down to a pizza place in my workout. Like I can't do that. You know, but that's what we did. We'd run down to Marcos pizza and back. And, uh, cool. it was good. I got, I got the four rounds that I wanted to get plus some deadlifts. And, uh, I got some really good tips from Zach around, uh, kind of the malfunctions of my clean that have, 
happened since I haven't been cleaning much and uh, it was good. So again, like, you know, the, the common denominator between all five of these though, was that, uh, you know, kind of what you mentioned earlier, like the people, the community, kind of that shared suffering, just the, the fellowship that you get, like every gym I went to, everyone was the same. In the fact that they were all smiling and laughing and enjoyed being around each other and they're making jokes and, and, you know, I don't know, like they just kind of accepted me as one of their own, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's so easy. It's so like, I think the quickest way to get plugged in uh, and my game plan when I do move, you know, probably in April to a new city, it's like the first community that I feel like I'm going to plug in with is that CrossFit gym, wherever the CrossFit gym is. It's like, I know I'm going to go there. I'll show up to a few workouts and then you just start blending in and, and start getting to know people. And then all of a sudden you got friends and, and, and then, you know, where all the good cheat meal food is. Are you going to leave Denver? You're going to leave all the Yeah. Yeah. Probably in April, I, the lease here runs out. Um, and I no longer own my house. That is my ex's now. Um, and yeah, I'm probably going to go where a change of pace because I just kind of want to live in a smaller city. You may give you a, you may give you a pro like, tip, tell you how to figure it out. All right. Yeah. F- pick the five cities you're most interested in. Then go okay. to your Bumble app, plug in that zip code, see who, wherever you get the most matches. And that's where you go, baby. Oh, bingo. Good. All right. Do you like I'll how I think right now how my it. mind works? We got Salida, Colorado, Pagosa Springs, Colorado, Durango, Colorado, Bend, Oregon, and then a few few places in Utah getting thrown out there, some Montana places, some Wyoming. We'll see. Who's got the lowest taxes? <laughs> that would be my choice. I, you better believe I'm I'm checking yeah. that out. Wherever has the I think that rules out Bend, yeah, I was Oregon. Gonna say Oregon's off that list. Of all those that's what made me think of it. You had Oregon in the middle of all these others. I'm like, oh. But if I find a way to not make any money, then or- Bend Oregon is oh, fantastic. Wow. There you go. They have a they have a sliding tax bracket. So if you basically don't make any money, you don't pay any taxes. Well, so. good luck with that. Keep running the show with me, and that's yeah. likely to happen. <laughs> that could be good. Let's go, that baby. Could be, that could be good. Um, but yeah, uh, one thing I wanted to take a quick note of is like any you know coaches um, when you have a drop in, I know it's difficult sometimes because I would remember some drop-ins coming to my affiliate. And if I tried to coach them, there were some people who just like were like offended that I even like attempted to coach them. Cause it's like, do you even know who I am? It's very, very strange. Um, but as a coach and as an affiliate owner, that's not your problem. Your like your problem is, is, you know, or your goal is to coach people the way you see best. Um, so I really, really respect gyms that even, you know, me coming in there, a lot of people are like, you know, especially if they know wad prep, they're like, oh my gosh. And I can tell they don't coach me at all. Right. <laughs> like I can tell they're like, they don't say anything other than like, nice, because I think they might be afraid to give pointers. But, um, I just want to, you know, make it clear that regardless of who the drop in is like, man, if I have a games athlete and maybe not a games athlete. If I, if I have someone and I know they're really good at CrossFit, but I see them doing something where I think it could be some sort of inefficiency, I'll at least point it out. Be like, hey, I noticed you're doing that. Have you ever tried it this way? Um, and I, I just, I really, really respect gym owners and coaches who are like, who are, you know, willing to to take that risk. Um, so don't be afraid to coach your drop. Yeah, I would say of these five, you know, Illuminate was the one that quote unquote coached me that way. But to be fair to the other four, um, the other workouts, it was felt more like I'm just going to drop in with my buddies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it probably wasn't, I mean, it not all, I'm not yeah. saying you have to coach, right? Like just like if I see John, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to make sure that I correct something that John's doing, even if he's doing it totally fine. It, it doesn't make sense. It's like, it was funny know. though. You know, if they, Zach had a really good coaching way about it. I mean, he was showing me what I was doing. I was pulling my butt up too fast and I uh, didn't have my, chest up and shoulders back and you know a lot of things are off my clean but anyway he said to me he's like you know he's like oftentimes people that are really good at deadlifts make this mistake i'm like well i'm gonna show you buddy because i'm shitty at deadlifts too so and those are coming up <laughs> in the workouts you'll get a coach that as well and that's where you're yeah. wrong <laughs> that's not my problem yeah wow he was able to he was that's that's coaching right there 
you're able to weave in a compliment while you're telling them their shit. That is good. You know, yeah, it's a really good technique. I appreciated, you know, I always appreciate good coaches that can not only tell you, but he actually demonstrated it. Like he had a, you know, he walked over with a PVC and, uh, and showed me what I was doing. And then, uh, to his credit, came back and watched me for a couple more lifts and corrected it again. And then when I got it the third time, he's like, there you go. That's what you want to keep doing that. And it felt great. And it worked like it felt great. You know, I messaged my coach here and, and said, Hey, I did squat cleans today. And by then they felt really good. It's the first time I felt good doing cleans in some time, you know? Nice. And I love, I love dropping into different gyms because this is for everyone listening, including John and I like dropping into new gyms. You will pick up new coaching cues, new techniques, new drills. Like you're going to, there's stuff that you've probably never been exposed to. And that's why I love traveling around and dropping into a bunch of random gyms because sometimes they're just like, holy crap, like that was an amazing drill or wow, I've never even thought about it that way. Um, so really, really love it. And just a couple more thoughts and then we'll wrap up here. Um, what was interesting about all of these or about my week was I didn't know the workout in advance for any of the workouts. So I went in blind all week long and I only did what was programmed. Whatever they told me to do, like I did, I came in with no agenda. And so it's the first time I've done that in a while. And that was a pretty cool test. And I would highly advise that to anyone, you know, try that from time to time, you know, don't, don't go in walking in the door, already knowing what you're going to do, like figure it out on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, I will admit, I will admit when I drop into places of like foreign places, I do check the workout because there's been like three times where I've shown up and it's like one mile time trial or like row 2000 meters. And that's it. And I'm, that just makes, me I thought angry. of, you know, I thought about that. <laughs> Cause I'm a, diva. I thought about that as something that could happen, but then there was other part of me is like, you know what? I'm not this week. Isn't make or break fitness for me. I'm not coming in. Right. This it's week. better than that. It's certainly better. Yeah, than I'm that, not coming sure. in to change my, my direction for my Wadapalooza training or whatever. Like I'm coming in to see other people's gyms and how they program and how they coach and what it looks like and to get the yeah. experience and just, yeah. you know, to get some fitness on while I'm out visiting with my kid, you know, and for sure. And I knew as an example, like I joked in the first gym, I'm like, all right, I just did 80 toes to bar. Guarantee you my next four workouts are going to have toes to bar. In them. That's what I kind of thought would happen, <laughs> you know? Um, and I yeah. got lucky and it never did, but I did have back to back days where I had to do, um, you know, lunges and, you know, whatever though, there's like, you know, multiple movements that I had to do with kind of back to back, whether it was wall balls or kettlebell, it was kettlebell swings and lunges back to back days, you know, and I knew that would happen, but, but that's okay. And so, you know, big recommendation for all five of these, I'll shout them out again. If you guys find yourself in Cincinnati, you got CrossFit Cincinnati, uh, Comanche CrossFit, Queen City CrossFit, CrossFit Soto and CrossFit Illuminate. All great recommendations on those gyms. Loved it. And thank you to all of them for letting me drop in. So loved it. Love it. Good stuff. Fantastic. And then we need to run a contest. Pick a new home for Ben. So if you guys have an idea where you want Ben to live. Here are the requirements, everyone. These are very special. Um, So about 60 minutes-ish from fantastic snowboarding, especially if it's good backcountry. 30 minutes-ish from amazing mountain biking. It's got to have a vibrant pickleball community. Is there um, such a thing? There has to be. There, oh, there's okay. such a thing. Oh, my God. Denver is popping okay. up. What I, what, it's funny because I'm like, dang, Denver has all these things, but I'll get to it. Uh, so vibrant pickleball community. It needs to have uh, access to hunting and fishing. So, uh, you know, hunting is obviously a major part of my life. So especially if there's really good opportunities for for hunting, uh, especially being in state, like that's something like Utah. Uh, if you're in state in Utah and you're in state in Idaho, you're in state in a couple of these other states, you get really good access to good stuff. Um, and if there's a body of water nearby, bonus points because um, I I do miss the water. That's something I don't have here in Denver very much. Um, and then I think my last thing was like it needs to be a city smaller than Denver because I'm I just realized like Denver is so big and there's so many things to do. And there's so many different opportunities. I realized that like, it's actually being, it's kind of difficult for me to like plug in because 
there's just like so many different things to do and everyone has their own little groups and you know a lot a couple of my friends have moved away recently so i'm just like you know what like i feel like i would enjoy or at least i want to try out living in a smaller town see how that goes so it needs to be a smaller town how, how far does it need to be from Saucon? <laughs> uh, you just came to the show. If you far. just got to the show, you need to go back to the beginning to get that joke. So, <laughs> all right, dude. Well, oh, this has been times. fun as always. Appreciate you doing this on a different night of the week since I was uh, down in Cincy. Good. Of course, I got to play pickleball for two more hours oh, well, last night. So I appreciate there you, go. you. That's good stuff. All right. Well, we will be back next week for everyone listening. Thanks for uh, joining us. Make sure you find a home for Ben and uh, send us a message. And so we can uh, start talking about that on the air and we will chat with you guys next week. Take care. Peace.